Sorry, I was surprised you actually did it. Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. Should we go again? Hi, welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece. And I'm Peter, your other co-host. Also your soundtrack. And your soundtrack, and your just, Everything. You're everything. Hi. Hi, I'm Peter. You're everything. <laughs> nice to so meet you. So what you said to your girlfriend when you met her, Peter? <laughs> no, that would have been weird. I say too much of strangers on the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's way more normal. Exactly. Hi, guys. I hope Hi. you enjoyed Peter's music. <laughs> it is the best get pumped music there is, and don't at me. Uh, to this day, I listen to it going into finals. That's amazing. I honestly, it like... Oh, man. It just always gets me going. I'm like, yes, let's do this thing. He, I don't Cece, know what this thing is, but let's do it. Cece, here's the big problem with this feelings that we're having. What? We had them read a book. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your context. I guess technically it's <laughs> that, irrelevant. That is the theme <laughs> to the video game Halo 1, which, mind you, does not take place during the same timeline as the book we just read. So... I mean, af- after. It's exactly mean? after. It's immediately after Imme- this book Immediately ends. after. Um. Oh, yes. No, the sequel of this book, it covers. That's what Halo 1 is about. But Halo Fall of Reach does not get covered by Halo 1. It is, as you say, a prequel. <gasps> yes. There's a word for that. Well, there, there's it's a prequel place, to I guess this around prequel. the same time as Halo Reach. Yes. Indeed. The video game. To be fair, we did yeah, encourage them to play the games. In that's episode. because we so love those games so much. at least some of our listeners knew why you were doing the bah, 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 bah. Let's <laughs> be honest, you see, if they're listening to this podcast, they played it. If and they're listening to the listen, sci-fi podcast. If you, <laughs> if you thought that was stupid, you should go look up the soundtrack, because it really is of the best Get Pumped music. And just great music all around. But anyway, yeah, no. that's the video game. And while I think we sort of left this conversation open to the franchise as a whole, we really should talk about the book we read, which is Fall of Reach. Here's what I'm saying. We start with the book, and maybe we end up accidentally going into the rest of the series towards the end. (laughs) We just see where it goes. We just see where our hearts and this conversation lead us. (laughs) Yeah, us following a conversational thread. That's something we do. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know us and our very structured (laughs) style. (laughs) Wait, okay, Cece. Peter. What, what'd you think? I'm very, I, I, I am very excited to know, because... I... <laughs> Did you have more to say? I was just saying, like I, like I told you earlier, like, I've read this book so many times. I've read it, I read it a month and a half ago by happen, like, by just, I happen to read it. Yes. And then you're like, hey, let's do a video game book. And I was like, all right, fuck yeah, let's go. Um, Obviously, fall over each, let's go. Yeah, no, there's like, there's like 12 books in the Halo series, and Fall of Reach is one I picked, because it was the first. Yes, but, um, always a good pick to start with the first. <laughs> the beginning. That's a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, anyway. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I thought it was not a perfect book, but it was a good book. And it was interesting to get the sort of more detailed background on the Chief and Co. And <laughs> Actually, here's a question, Peter. Is it is it disrespectful to call a master chief the chief? 
because he is the master chief and that is a higher rank right like chief petty officer is a thing and master oh, chief petty officer is higher yeah chief petty officer senior chief petty officer master chief petty officer oh my god there's one in between so yeah, yeah. so like would it be considered <laughs> disrespectful to call him just the chief well now hold on If you'll notice, this is going to be uh, relying on my way too extensive video game knowledge. And not your Navy knowledge. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I, I know I knew those three ranks before I was ever involved in the Navy. Gotcha. From the video game. And I was like, oh, shit, it's the same. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, they used real ranks. <laughs> well, no, actually, like, there's a lot of real ranks. Like, the Navy has a lot of real ranks in it. Like, the, the, the U... Um, yeah, the, the Navy, Navy does the have ranks. No, the I've Navy heard. in the game has, like, ranks that <laughs> coincide pretty neatly with... You mean the UNSC? Uh, yes. Is that, what, is that what you're searching for? Yeah, well, the UNSC has... Uh, uses real Navy ranks. Yeah, uses, like, mostly Navy ranks as far as, like, been exposed, yeah. Um, I didn't see anything that was made up. No lower enlisted, I think, come up, but they're all, like, petty officers, chiefs. Um, cause I think all the, the children were... Um, were signed on at Petty Officer Third Class. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, there literally is a... In the amphitheater, where they're like, welcome to the UNSC, motherfuckers. I, for, I forgot about that. Like, you have a rank now, and everyone's like, all right. Cool. I'm six. I don't really care. <laughs> Let's do this. Can I get candy? Do you have no, some you of that, cannot. maybe? Unless no, you, you ring the fucking bell. No, we're gonna starve you. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I, I think, I think, let, that's a good place to start. Because, uh, I mean, yeah, oh, then the Marines have their own things. But one thing that's very clear in all these books and throughout the video games is that uh, the Navy and the Chief, or the, the Chief is in the Navy, not the Marines. Which you I didn't answer hilarious. my question. Do we have to call him the Master Chief? Well, okay, we don't have to do shit, because he's a fictional character, and that's how that works. <laughs> he's real in me. He's real in my heart. <laughs> now I wouldn't know if the Master Chief in my heart is mad when I call him the Chief. <laughs> I don't think he gives a shit. Because he's killed he literally he millions of aliens. And I'm a civilian, and you know he don't give a shit about what I think. Oh, God, like, He'd no. save my life, but he don't give a shit about my opinion. You're a shitty civilian soft body, alright? He doesn't care. That's all true. <laughs> that's that's all, all accurate. <laughs> uh, um, but no, what I'm saying is that the, throughout the video game, like the, the Marines are always going like, ah, oh, Master Chief. But, like, they never call him... I don't think they ever call him the Chief. Yeah, I think that's a fan thing. But, like... But, like... I don't know. Um, some of his higher-ups, some of the, the commanders, the admirals, they've called him Chief. Oh, well, you know officers. Of course. <laughs> I mean, Admiral Hood, or Lord Hood, uh, always calls him Master Chief. Just out of respect. Yes. Because uh, Lord Hood is the coolest person in this entire franchise. I'm gonna be honest, I don't remember who that is. Lord Hood? I have played these games in so long. I have to, I wanted to replay them during this period of time, but I've just been busy. He's the, he's the one who was, like, leading Earth's defense in Halo 3. Oh, that's he had a that great guy to be. He had that great speech when, uh, when Master Chief was getting ready to go to the Ark, saying, okay, like, Okay, we haven't gonna, even talked about the real book yet, but they're gonna, them into they're it. They're gonna make a stand, <laughs> like, he was going on about how, like, they're gonna make their, humanity's last stand here at Earth. Nice. Like it's like a great last stand. Like we're gonna do the best we can while the uh, elites and the Master Chief go on and try to find the Ark and shut down uh, Truth. No wait, regret. No Truth. Truth is doing that. But yeah, no, it's, it's fucking badass. 
That is pretty badass. He's pretty cool. So, uh, Lord Hood. I'm trying, Peter, what does that remind me of? Like, the idea of making a speech and being like, hey, we're just going to do our best, but, like, actually we're just buying time for this crew that's going to actually do the real work. Um, you're thinking of probably all three franchises. All three, like, main, well, the first three main Halo games probably have a speech like that. Um, yeah. Somewhere. I swear there's a book, though. I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, moving on to the book that we actually read. <laughs> Halo, The Fall of Reach. <laughs> Not- I? I don't remember. Eric Nyland. <laughs> do, you- do you remember the other theme? <laughs> Eric Nyland. I just said it. Oh, I'm sorry. You broke up for a second. Oh, yeah, no. Eric yes, Nyland. this book. So here's the thing about this book, which I thought was surprising, because I did, like I said, I, re- I read it recently, but I was like, fuck it, let's do a little research. I'll commit some time to this podcast. Wow. I know. What a change. A crazy thing. So <laughs> here's the thing. It was critically acclaimed. Yeah, and I wonder if that was new. I mean, was the concept of video game books new at the time? It wasn't... Because, like, okay, the first one I think of is Tom Clancy, but I think the books came before the games, didn't they? Yes. Those were games based on books. Yeah. I think. And the books are, like, extensive. I tried to read Rainbow Six once. That book was, like, 700 pages. Damn. No, it's yeah, insane. Yeah, Curtis books are really great. Though, like, they, I'm, I'll tell you what, though. Rainbow Six was a phenomenal book. Yeah. For the first 500 pages. And then I could, I just... I won't put <laughs> no book, book is down. phenomenal for longer than 500 pages unless it was written by jk rowling it's like we'll see no jk rowling like fucking spaces out her text <laughs> tom clancy like, was like on the page like single spaced 800 page book oh boy oh my <laughs> god no it's like a slog <laughs> sort of like reading um victor hugo <laughs> 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 Perhaps Tolstoy. <laughs> See, so that was a deep cut. <laughs> oh, All right. So yeah, um, the book. But yeah, so this book was really well received. You say? Oh yeah, it was pretty well received. But not just by, by fans, but like by actual lit, lit critics. Well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> by the sci-fi lit critic community, which Let's I'm not, not go crazy. Which now, mind you, pretty neat. It's a niche community to be in. Not that niche. Stuff has a big uh, group. It's not non-niche. It's a large niche. <laughs> sure, it's a large niche. It's more of a cubby. <laughs> um, yes. <coughs> they didn't sell a lot of copies, though. In, like, the uh, first seven years, they only sold a million copies. I honestly find that surprising. I'm not surprised. Really? Because as soon as a digital copy became available, think about who they were selling it to. <laughs> Video gamers and nerds. If only we had stats on that. Like, how many were actually downloaded. Yeah, how many illegal copy, like illegal downloads were made of this book? Yeah, right. I'm betting it would be higher. And so this book, though, the reception of this book actually changed how Microsoft and Bungie chose to go into Halo 2. Really? Yeah, so they they saw that the the, the the people really liked this idea of a more human Master Chief, right? Mind you, I was respectful, Cece, so I don't hear any of your shit. <laughs> You're good. I'm past that now. Yeah, all right. So the Master Chief is like a human character, obviously. This one was a fucking child, John, right? Yes. So you go, they were going into Halo 2, and they made a lot of efforts to make him less seem like a robot. 
and more like a human being. Just in yeah. your suit. And um, you can kind of see that in how Halo 2 ended up playing out. He wasn't super robotic in Halo 1, but he's a little bit. Well, Master Chief always walks that line as a character, because, like, I, I mean, I don't know if this was a misconception or actually how they marketed it, but I remember when Zave, our brother, introduced me to this game, he was like, oh, yeah, and, like, you play as the cyborg and, like, all this stuff. Like, and obviously the Spartans are augmented, but they're not really cyborgs in the way we traditionally think of them as like having robotic pieces implanted in them um so yeah i kind of agree with you whereas like i went into the game thinking oh this is a cyborg like not you know a quote-unquote real human but over the years you play the games and then now having read a book like you see them more and more as a human who just has like augmentations and the I mean, really, the only argument you can make that they're quote-unquote cyborgs is because of the way they work with their armor, which is mm-hmm. all really interesting, and I'm glad they went into detail about that, because that was an interesting thread to follow. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I think you're right. The, like, the franchise definitely humanizes Master Chief more and more over time, especially through his relationship with Cortana, I think. If she's, like, the one permanent human... T- not human, I mean, human... <laughs> I know, she's not even human, except she kind of is. A well, she bit. has a personality, and she's made from the... Co- she, like, her code is a copy of a brain so yeah i thought it was funny how they she's kind of bob she is kind of bob i was thinking about that i was like oh that's what they do in bob they they copy the neural pathways and and it destroys the brain and all that stuff and create an entity right um i will i will remind you cc they never said the bob process was destructive they said they destroyed it because they had to warm it up (laughs) why have we talked about that so much because it comes up a lot. Why does this feel like a frequent argument? What's wrong with us? Because <laughs> we love Bob. Just, this feels like a so familiar much. conflict. <laughs> I feel like we fought this fight before. <laughs> oh well. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely was reminiscent of that. Yeah, it, and you're, you're right. I thought it was... Wait, it, did they talk about in this book how it's Halsey's brain? Yes, they did. Okay, I wasn't sure if that was this one or not. Oh. Which is part of why it seems more like Bob to me, is because, like, even though they're like, oh no, all human brains, or all AIs come from human brains, um, Cortana is just different, because, because A, she's a quote-unquote smart AI, and I don't know that they really explained that much what that means, just that there's, like, less um, controls over her, I guess. No, 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 and, no, no, so, a smart AI is one based off a human brain. A dumb AI is one based off human programming. Ooh, I don't think they. I don't know if they spelled that out in in so many words in this book. But Maybe that not in this sense. book. But yeah, that that's the difference because a dumb AI can last basically forever, and they have really really good ones. But they don't have. But they're really good in like a certain area. Yeah. They're very specialized. Whereas smart AIs are like masters of their of any domain. Um. <laughs> <laughs> of their domain and everyone else's. And. <laughs> you making you an pl- IT have, joke? Have you played Halo Five? No, I actually haven't. Oh. Never mind. <laughs> so no spoilers for Halo Five. <laughs> I should have warned you that. The word domain is pretty important. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> well, I'm anyway. sure any of our listeners who have played it appreciated that joke. I'm sure they were like, "That's good. That's a good one." I'm sure that's what they said. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they did. <laughs> so what are talking about. Oh yeah, the other reason Cortana seems different is because like we actually know the person that she's copied from. That's what I was gonna say. Oh yeah, it's and not Dr. Just Halsey like is like made a pretty sympathetic character, surprisingly. 
Right, which is kind of interesting because you see her. I don't, I don't know if you've gotten this point. It was like in Halo Four, that like, or I think Four and Five. But Halsey's a pretty big character, but she's like jaded and like very much been like good of humanity and all that. But honestly, I think it's because like people forced her to be that. You know, like forced it, her to be. Well, what? she became very like not arrogant. She was always arrogant, but she. Yeah. Became very kind of jaded and cynical. Gotcha. Yeah. It seems I, mean, like, I think she always had to watch her own back a lot, and that'll turn you that way. Yeah, because a lot of people didn't like her, especially because of the success and kind of people. I feel like she got mistreated in, in this universe because people were like, well, she did good. Like, no one can say that the, the Spartans weren't a success, even if just you. I mean, just the Master Chief. Like, whatever, 34 of them or 35 of them died in combat, but the Master Chief saved humanity, like, I don't know, eight times or something. How many games are there? <laughs> many, many times. However many also, Halo games are. Decades of, like, a great service before they just sort of all unceremoniously died. Yeah, no, that was pretty shitty. It uh, was kind of a shame. It was like, oh, yeah, we've only had three, you know, killed in action, you know, like, one who's too injured to keep serving, and... Then they just all died. <laughs> all yeah, then they one. all die. Well, but it also on. it was kind of because they were abandoned. It seemed like, like not because they all died in combat, but because they all died when like, I mean, eventually they died in combat. But like, do you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, they it were... feels different because they could have been rescued, but they weren't. Well, could they have been? Like, sort you of? mean like realistically, mean... no. But, but theoretically, yes. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean now. If they had, yes. like, dropped a pelican that had miraculously gotten to the surface... Yeah. Then, yes, they could have been rescued. But, like, it was just not an appropriate amount of risk to undertake. Especially for the chief himself, Master Chief himself to go <laughs> and, and do the retrieval. Even though he really wanted to. Mm-hmm, the thing right. about that, too, that was kind of powerful was that, like... There's that whole section of the book where he learned all about teamwork and like relying on different people's skills and everything, and then it's just like, oh no, you're on you're on your own again, just like you thought you were when you were six. Like you come full circle, and yep. now you don't have anyone to rely on because no. you think of everyone around you as liabilities. <laughs> that's I mean, that's not an a point. And it's like a, it shows kind of the, the 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 powerful part of this book is that you, you see the a full journey of the chief <clears throat> where he went from. <clears throat> the Master Chief, where he went from, <laughs> you know, scared child who was very much I'm the best and I need to kind of make my own way, and he found a team that were just as damn good as he was and better at some things, right? And tried his best, right? Like and you know excelled and made friends and be- became a family of people with a group of people that there's literally no one in the universe who can understand what they had to go through. Yeah, that's true. And that's a pretty <laughs> powerful about connection. In solar. Mm-hmm, right. I mean, you, like, really, pe- you literally can't relate to anyone who's not a Spartan. Right, and there's this group of humans now that are two meters tall and, you know, have heightened reflexes. They're ridiculously strong. They can use this armor that kills regular people. Like, all this stuff. And then they're all gone. But, like, you learn how to rely on them. You learn how to be a team that way. And then now you have to kind of deal with it for so many years. Um, there is an important spoiler, CC, but it's, it's it comes up in like the first scene of Halo Five, so. Okay, it's. 
Uh, he, blue team survives. No shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wait, so which which one's blue team? That's Kelly, right? That, yeah, Kelly, Linda, and I think Fred. Linda can't have survived. They survive. Wait, wait, hang on, though, because at the end of the book, he, like, tosses her to crowd chamber. He's like, maybe they can revive her. Maybe they do revive her. Yeah, no, that's, like, what happens. Holy shit. I don't That's remember. fucking exciting. They explain how they rescued them in one of the other books. I think it's, like, Master Chief stole a Covenant, like, flagship. Wait, Master Chief rescues them? Um, weren't they all in cryo chambers? No? Mm, shit. What are you talking about? Where where, where were Fred and Kelly at the end of this book? On Reach. Oh, shit. Presumably dying. Fuck, I don't remember how they got off. They do explain it in a later book, but they did survive. And they were just kind of chilling. Like, yeah, no, when Master Chief was fighting in Halo 3 in Africa, they were uh-huh. somewhere else fighting the Covenant on Earth. Oh, shit. Yeah. But, okay, did, did the games ever say that Master Chief was the last Spartan? Because it was always implied. It was always implied. That was always what I believed. And the video games never explicitly said it, I don't think. Oh, man, that's this is years of, of trying to recollect these games. I know. Ah, <laughs> oh, should should have really. No, we're just speculating, but I, I don't but know. Like, I always believed he was the last one. It is heavily implied, and you know what? Like, I think that maybe you can make the argument that if it was, maybe the books that said that it wasn't didn't come out yet. But also, um, <laughs> you could argue that like that's what he thought. That's legitimately what he thought. Yeah, I mean, it is. At the end of this book, he genuinely believes that he's the last Spartan. <clears throat> Except for um, Linda, who maybe, maybe not could survive. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's... I think what's more important is whether or not, like, the actual facts of the matter were how they survived or, or, or if they survived. It's that he was convinced he was the last one. Right. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's so nice for him. I want to yeah. see that scene of him re- reuniting with his homies. Oh, you don't see the scene where they reunite. You see the scene where they're, like, on, like, another mission. All um, together, or yeah, no, together. They're like running missions together. We don't get to see them reunite. That would be a oh, too human of a game. moment. Huh? That would be too human of a moment. Sh- okay, so yeah, back to that freaking line that they walk with the Master Chief, because like you never see his face. He's always yeah, you, see, you know. You see his eyes. That is the closest you've ever come. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, in Halo Four, if you beat it on Legendary. I re- I remember. Um, <laughs> such a such a small reward, but so so worth it. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I haven't beaten it all legendary, so I have not myself seen his eyes. I, I have, have to go back and do that. It took me like point. a day. I don't think I could beat a Halo game on legendary by myself, but that's something I have to well, grapple with. Here's the good news: you just have to keep, you just have to keep the last level, beat the last level. That's a self worth issue. I need to work out in therapy. <laughs> 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 the day any video game sends any of us to therapy is the day mom wins her arguments. <laughs> True. Oh my god. Anyway. Yes. But yeah. So there, there. I, I had read, uh, like a decade ago, that Bungie wanted to keep the Master Chief pseudo anonymous so that people could like picture themselves in that role, which mm-hmm. is funny because he's like beyond anything that exists in this world right now. You know. 
that's true larger than life but i mean i think that's probably true that people do sort of find it easier to relate to him because he doesn't have a face so it's like i mean he's even kind of racially ambiguous although i assume not anymore like he could really be anything anyone we don't know so like when you talk about issues of representation i mean he's very white I'm sure that he ended up being very white, but he didn't have to be white. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. That's, like, referenced a lot. His whiteness? Yeah, because all the Spartans <laughs> are, like, super pale. Because they're always in their Mjolnir? <laughs> yeah, no, exa- that's literally it. It's like <laughs> They on- didn't all start white, but they all ended up white. <laughs> they all ended up white. <laughs> Oh my god. But no, yeah, like you were saying, one of the books talks about how, like, they prefer to stay in their armor even on ships because, like. Yeah. They, for if, it for anything. No, it freaks people out to see them. Because <laughs> they're how pale they are? Yeah, because they're, like, translucent. Because they never see the sun. Well, I mean, yeah, they only don't. They really don't. That's so funny. I'm now, like. I was having a really hard time picturing the Master Chief in his dress uniform going to that hearing super white <laughs> so just so white just and probably so white. bald oh de- no not bald. bald no not bald no buzz he has brown hair ponytail he has buzzed brown hair <laughs> mullet no not that i'm surprised he's not full bald frankly it does seem like a more strategically viable option like if you well, spend so I much time in your it suit, grows out while cut. he's on campaigns well he becomes a buzz cut no, it has to fit in his helmet. No, I know, but I'm saying he shaves himself before he goes on campaigns, and then by the time the campaign's over, he has, like, a little buzz going on. Like, campaigns are probably longer than, like, a month and a half. Okay, whatever. We are talking too much about his hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, are, we have not talked enough about his hair. <laughs> this is the content our listeners crave. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sci-fi fashion podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I'll drop his new black. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Mjolnir chic. <laughs> Mjolnir chic. <laughs> I deeply in- enjoy the naming convention in Halo. Just oh no, wait. Let's talk real aside. quick. Halo has the coolest names of literally anything I've ever experienced, except for people. <laughs> no, All fuck the that. People names are so generic. Lieutenant. <laughs> No, Jacob Keys. Keys is a great name. Keys is a good name, but like the Spartans. First of all, our hero's name is John, and I have nothing against Johns, but that is the literal generic male name, John. John Doe. Jo- John Doe. And then, uh, okay. I don't know. Well, Linda, wait, wait, no, Cece. Kelly, wait, no, Cece. James, Fred. The least intimidating men's name of all. <laughs> Cece, you just lost one of our listeners that's named Fred. I'm sorry, Fred. We have Fred a is weird, a soft boy. We have a weirdly specific Venn diagram of people named Fred and people that listen to our podcasts. <laughs> and people who engage in toxic masculinity. <laughs> oh, God. And will actually stop listening to this podcast because I called their name unintimidating. <laughs> it's, it's the fucking That's word. actually our core base. <laughs> masculine friends there's 61 <laughs> friends out there who are super into their masculinity <laughs> very fragile egos oh god 
Um, <laughs> no, wait, hold on. So you were talking about a little while ago about how the reason why he's so, so kind of, um, what's the word? Obscured? He's He's so vague. Yeah. Master Chief is very vague. Like, the person of Master Chief is very vague. It's very non-committal. His name is literally John. That's actually true. His last name might be Doe for all we know. It probably is Doe. It probably it's not it's not there's no canon. Search on your that. feelings. Believe, believe me. <laughs> believe me, I checked. There's no canon on that. <laughs> His last name is hyphen one one seven. It's right there in the text, Peter. I don't oh know my how you use it. I, uh, okay. Um, so, anyway, the name you can mention this, though? Okay, yes. First Everything of all, else is named fabulously. Mjolnir. Second Shiva of all, missiles. Any shi- aren't, shi- aren't the missiles called, like, jackhammers or something? No, wait, they're archers. The jackhammer, um, ro- are the rocket launchers. That's right. Archer is the name of the missile pods and ship- ships. Yeah, and their nuclear warheads are called Shivas. Shivas is great. As in the goddess of destruction. Uh, how about just names of ships? Forward yes. unto dawn. Pillar of autumn. Oh my god. Uh, the spirit of fire. They're fan-fucking-tastic. I mean, I'm here for them. <laughs> Untouchable. That's, They're, like, those are the names that I come here for. However. The, those are. Forward unto dawn is the best one, though, by far. I love, I, I have a special place in my heart for spirit of fire. Spirit of fire don't suck. Don't, it don't suck. Wait, which one did you say the best one was? Forward unto dawn? Yes. That is true. Forward Into Dawn is really good. It's got a lot of powerful imagery. It's very yeah. inspirational. It's like the ba 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 ba. And here's the thing, like in a ship name. <laughs> it's the ba 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 of ship names. <laughs> here's the thing, like that ship was probably built, or it was, like coming into service. You know, actually, no. This war has been going on for decades. Yes. Like the human, the human covenant war lasted. So the Ford into Dawn was probably built during the war. Yes. So, like, that's a really cool thing. Because, like, Pillar of Autumn, Spirit of Fire, both of those ships were built before, originally, before the wars. Right. Right, because the Pillar of Autumn was a, was a reconfigured Halcyon cruiser. Mm-hmm. But they don't, like, it was from before the war. Right. Ford into Dawn is, like, humanity's, like, all right... We gotta do this. We're gonna make it to dawn. Yeah, like, there will be light. Yes. Um, and it's beautiful. And, and that one didn't. That ship did not. But, humanity <laughs> did. That ship did fail to make it to the light. <laughs> it, it did not make it all the way to dawn. It, it made it almost to dawn. It towards dawn would have been a more appropriate name. <laughs> it made it about halfway to dawn. <laughs> Forwarding humanity's dawn, perhaps, would have been... <laughs> More descriptively <laughs> accurate. It literally made it halfway to dawn. Aww. Because it got cut in half. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my god. So it, it died as the dawn rose. Um. Yes. And so, it did a wonderful job. And it had a great well, it, once again, it did half of a good dawn. job. I cannot stress okay. that enough. I, I'm really going to have to keep hammering this point home. <laughs> Halfway. Halfway there. Not even the good half. <laughs> the shitty half made it to the one. Oh, right. man. So, um, <clears throat> so, I think we can talk more about the book. 
Because we've gone just on tangents about the Halo universe, which was a risk <laughs> we knew was coming. You yeah, warned our listeners last week. Dear, it's dear, like dear listeners. for all Halo ever. <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, as you a CC, put that in the description, too, just as an aside. CC and I and our friends and our brother have played Halo for more than a decade at this point. You were, what, three when it came out? But like, um, as soon as you four. could. Four and a half. I was four and a half when it came out. Aww. Because <laughs> um, it came out in, like, the late fall of, I think, actually, no, you know what? I might have been just barely four, because I think it came out in October of 2001. Oh, but this book was released in 2001. Uh, C. I see. I see. It was, so this it was book was... Combined. Uh, yeah. Or so. Anyway. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> we've been playing this game... Forever, and I For played it like time. I played it entirely too young. So, yes. and I definitely it's watched. Gory. It's all alien gore. And whatever. I watched. Yeah, who cares about alien gore? Truth. And I watched my brother play it like from the start. Yeah. So, you a know, a lot of fond memories on the original Xbox. Oh man! Oh, it still uh, works. Does it? Our original Xbox still works. Yeah, I tried it over the summer. Fabulous. I played uh, uh Trump, oh, no, I played uh, Arctic Thunder. Arctic Thunder's so good. Hold up, hold up. Focus. Hang on. Just one one question. Is it yeah. still good? It's still good. Awesome. Of course it's still good. Chernobyl meltdown. Oh my god. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I think we should... Let's, let's zero into this book real quick. Yes. I really like the scene where Keys and Halsey are interacting with John for the first time. That is interesting, yeah. Because John kind of seemed like a bully. Oh yeah, John was a little dick. Yeah, I mean, I don't, like... He just sort of was... A kid who was advanced beyond his peers, and... Wasn't willing to slow himself down. Which is appropriate for a future Spartan. Yeah. No, that's fair. And... I think that kind of that basic personality trait kind of last, lasted through forever for him. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think at some point though he learned to bring people. Like he found other people that w- could keep up, and therefore he was willing to help. Yeah, yeah. Well, he realized that there was worth in others because he was used to being around people who were less than him. Mm-hmm, right. So you know, me- and while he still like established himself as a leader. You know, they're Kelly's faster than him. Linda's a better sniper. You know, who is the one who uh, died early on? Is that Fred or is that um? Fred, not Fred. Fred's still alive. The one who died, like when they were still teens. Whoever that guy was, he was stronger. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there are people who are, who are better at things than him, even though he, he was like a leader. Uh, yes, he was just a jack of all trades. He was pretty good at everything. I mean, as good as the Spartan general Spartans are at everything. Yeah. Spartans tend to be great at everything. It's pretty much everything they try. What I thought was interesting, and I wasn't sure... It was like, okay, I had trouble reconciling this. Let's put it that way. Uh, one of the traits of a Spartan is superior intelligence, right? And, mm-hmm. and you know, with that superior education, um, they learn like so much stuff when they're young and so on and so forth but I found it interesting that despite their extreme intelligence and 
broad education, they were so easily and deeply and innately indoctrinated. Like, did you find it unsettling the way John just sort of, like, skipped over the fact that he'd never see his parents again? He was like, oh, wow, weird. Well, all right, I have a duty. Let's go. I'm six. Mm. Yeah, that was weird because, like, a lot of them were like that. However, I will point out the kind of trope that exists in a lot of sci-fi with these kind of ideas of gifted children. Mm -hmm. In that they already viewed themselves as going to be better than their parents. That's true. It's sort of an Ender way. Exactly. Like, Ender... I mean, yeah, Ender didn't show any respect towards his parents. Like, and not disrespectful, but, like, he never showed any special love for them. They were just people That's that That's true. He was, like, fond of them, but he knew that he couldn't relate to them. Yeah, because Ender was obviously better. Yeah. And the only person they, he really loved was Valentine, who was every bit as smart as he was, and just not as, like, I guess, self-preservation-y. Yeah. And so, you know, I can see that being the same kind of I, mentality that John had about his parents. Here's the other thing. I'm almost 100% sure that there were some mild sedatives involved. <laughs> Do you mean during the actual kidnapping, or, like, the, hey, you're uh, one of us now, the kid, definitely had petty sedatives. officer, third class? Yeah, no, I think, like, they probably got, like, a slap on the back from their handlers, and the slap on the back also included an injection. <laughs> it's like, hey, you'll never see your parents again. Slap. <laughs> Ooh, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> hey, what's that? It's not a sedative, it's actually, like, narcotic. It's, it's, it's a, a little hoo- bit. They're small. It's a hallucinogen. <laughs> These kids like, got I feel great about this for some reason. Baked. I have all these positive associations with never seeing my parents again. <laughs> well, That's who has, true, though. Who hasn't I had that have- feeling? <laughs> I I would not be surprised though. Like again, they don't talk about it, so it's strictly speculative. But like, I would think that if you're going to indoctrinate children who have been kidnapped and will never see their parents again, you would probably use some sort of drugs to like condition them. Oh, for sure. And yeah, there's a moral question. But at this point, I've already abducted children and replaced them with flash clones. Like, yeah. Do you want to explain flash clones, Peter? Because they don't in the book, and I know what they are, but I don't know if our listeners do. Okay, so. Um, do you, do you know what they are? Like, is there, like, research being done in this, or do you just know in the context of this universe? Oh, it's just in the context of this universe. Okay, I, I just know that. what you've told me before. Alright, so Flash clones are this. Um, humanity's developed the ability to, like, pretty easily Flash clone organs, or things like that, uh, using the genetic code of, uh, whoever needs it. And there's one point in a later book where Halsey's <clears throat> trying to survive on the surface of Reach. Oh, shit, that's how it happened, by the way. she put Halsey met up with some Spartans who fled for this thing called Castle Base, and there's some Spartans that survived like in the running gunfight, and then they hid inside Castle Base, and some shit happened there, and they got out and, and fled the planet. But that's what happened. They hooked up with Halsey and hung out underground. I was going to say, because Halsey also survives. Yeah, that's what, that is what happened. I remember. But anyway, so at some point, um, like in like an emergency medical kit, they pull out this box that's capable of flash cloning, and like can flash clone organs like you know that they carry in a backpack so weird they they have a really reliable Candy, ability for this technology here's the problem once <clears throat> it gets larger than an organ uh like you know a human it has a lot of uh, faults in it that normally would not be an issue but when you're talking about like very delicate things like brains uh yes there, there are lots more issues so what happens is the clones basically just die of natural causes like in the next five years 
They get like cancer or something, right? And yeah, they get cancer away. or something else, or they just die. And something that the doctor's gonna look at and be like, "Oh, this is unlucky," but like not weird. <laughs> they they it's mostly go, "This is weird that this didn't come up in our genetic tests," but like that's yeah, it. like bummer. Sorry, but yeah, so that is that's, what they replaced all the children with after they abducted them. I mean, it's kind of an ingenious way to do it. Not you know, if you're gonna do something as evil as abducting children to make them super soldiers. Here's the thing. This shows a level of, like, conscience, which I wasn't expecting. A level of what? Conscience. Because what, what shows a level of conscience? Like, leaving by behind the flash clouds. Hmm. Look at it this way. If you are a parent, and there's 75, parent, or 75 pairs of parents that this happened to, and you are living in a multi-planet, like, government... Which has a lot of planets. Yeah. I don't really talk about how many, but a lot. And <laughs> 75 kids over the the span of that, like, for lack of, like, empire go missing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not putting too much thought into that. Like... Yeah. You know, no, there would require a, a impossible level of investigation to ever link it to the UNSC. And... I feel like leaving behind a Flash clone just leaves behind evidence. Um, I disagree. I do think it was done in the in the interest of subtlety. But what? But if it was like if it was done in the interest of subtlety, thirty five kids go probably go missing every day on this earth. Mm, sad, but probably true. It's a terrible thing, but I bet it's true. Or even a week. If you but space these abductions out like uh, over a month. No, no one's finding out. Nothing's happening. Yeah, but you'd definitely be be looking into it and making a hubbub about it. And eventually it's possible that somebody might put these things together. Not guaranteed, and it would be a long shot, but I feel like that's more likely than something being discovered from the flashbacks. But, I mean, regardless, the effect is the same. Like, the parents watch their kid fade away, but at least they think they know what happened to them. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'm I'm a little I'm a little surprised that they don't just go, hey, we're taking your kid, suck it. <laughs> you think we're that's better You think that's better than <laughs> them taking them to the night and not living any like you You think they're more um, likely to have done that? I think they're less likely to have spent the money on flash clones than just take them in the middle of the night and not deal with the political repercussions of my kid got abducted by the government. Yes, they said they're the government. I'm not just being paranoid. They said, hi, we're the government. Give us your child. <laughs> well, I mean... Okay, here's... So there's a lot of parallels to be drawn with Ender's Game, right? Uh-huh. Because child super soldiers, whatever. I think the reason that Ender's Game... The, the, the government in the Ender's Game can get away with taking kids when they're six... And, I mean, they do give the parents, I think. The parents have to consent, if I recall correctly. So that's a difference. But also, like, the humanity in Ender's game knew it was facing an existential threat. Whereas, (laughs) this is the fucked up part. The Spartans were going to exist just to subjugate colonies. (laughs) Like, never forget that that was their original purpose. Yeah. And that does not seem good enough. Yeah. Like, you could 
Okay. First of all, hang on, rewind. Remember in the beginning when they're like, oh yeah, um, we need to do this because we think that like the UNSC is going to start glassing planets that are rebelling. It's like, maybe deal with that. That seems like a problem. <laughs> that that's apparently how you guys are going to respond to this planets that want to be independent. The fact that you've considered this to be an option. Yes, and you're like, well, we can't do anything about that. Better abduct 75 six-year-olds. <laughs> Spend billions of dollars training them and, like, augmenting them and so on. I mean, and good thing they did, because the Covenant did show up at a convenient time shortly after their graduation. However, it's still kind of ridiculous. No, exactly. And everyone just kind of, like, seems to forget that. I think everyone's just like, well, I mean... Because at this point, I bet all the colonies are like, well, thank God we have the UNSC, which is really militarized and really kind of scary for almost no reason. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. How, yeah. How human of us to decide that in a... We've established <laughs> colonies over man, tens of worlds. Uh, go, hundreds, I think. I mean, okay, so a lot of worlds to go, we need a fucking space military and it's gotta kick ass. We need to make sure it's the best goddamn space military. And, like, they have all these orbital defenses around Reach. I mean, but I think it literally was because they were afraid. I mean, they needed to keep the the human, I guess, for lack of a better word, empire together. And that was how they were going to do it. Which is crazy. Through force. And you're right. It's extremely human. Where we're just like, well, (laughs) join or die, basically. And, you know, like, I think there was some what if there's something out there or what if something happens <clears throat> i would like to think so and i'm sure the unsc navy would have been like pretty good if like a disaster happened i'm sure they would have been good for that like just like yeah. the u.s like hurricane we're at, relief we're not at like a major we're not in like a major war right now but the u.s still maintains a huge military yeah and, yeah you know. we're, <laughs> we're once to talk about having an unnecessarily large military oh, oh. the irony is not lost on me <laughs> And so, you know, and, but they do a lot of disaster relief and things like that. Um, and they also do, like, you know, the war in the Middle East, which is cool, I guess. Whatever. Um, <laughs> which, which happened, yes. Well, it's currently happening. Um, yes, that's true. Better way of putting it. So, you know, yeah, let's not, let's not, you know, let's not lie to ourselves here. So, yeah. I can kind of understand it, but on the other hand, like, come on, guys, you are spending a lot of money on the UNSC. However... Um, you know what? <laughs> Bet you're happy Good you thing. had that. Yeah, right? Like, whoo, whoo. Thank God you had the fucking Mac cannon, which is literally oh, the yeah. coolest shit ever. Yeah, the, <laughs> like, those things. It's just a really big gun. It's <laughs> just a very big gun. It's like the ones in Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I never realized it until just now, but that is kind of how I was picturing it. <laughs> no, it's exactly how I was picturing Like, theoretically, it could be like a huge cylinder, I guess. Uh, you know, no ballistics in space. Yeah, it doesn't need to. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't need to be bullet shaped, however. That's how I imagine it as a bullet. Also, like, you know, I can. So, wait, how do they work? It's just like a big old lump of metal that they shoot with oh, magnetism. It's a gigantic depleted uranium round good way to get rid of your depleted uranium too i mean yeah fuck we should try that have <laughs> we considered to solve our crisis have we thought about this shooting it into space 
<laughs> no, shooting at other people. Put it at the tip of bullets. But then it's still on Earth. <laughs> yeah, well. You shoot it into space. It, but it super kills that guy. Wait, that's like so smart, though. That reminds me. Okay. You know a lot more about nuclear engineering than me, so correct me if this is totally a bad analogy. But it reminds me of that scene in Pirates of the Caribbean where they start shooting, like, forks and shit out of their cannons because they run out of regular ammo. I feel like you could just get depleted uranium on your ship because you run on a reactor anyway. I mean, um, they use fusion, you know. Oh, fuck, you're right. Then where do they get the depleted uranium? I don't know, it's probably left over from the fucking centuries. From the fish <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. They're still the, cleaning up. The 500 oh, year Earth is fucking radioactive. Radioactive as hell. And they're like, "All right, we're going to turn it into giant bullets." <laughs> Man, that uh, that fucking admiral was baked. And <laughs> a visionary, and he got many medals. Or prophetic. I'm uh, like literally the only reason that we did not fold to the covenant from day one so okay this was interesting because you play a, <laughs> because you play a super soldier in the halo games yeah. you never feel that deeply afraid of the covenant like listen if i'm in a dark room with a hunter you know i'm freaked however most of the time i'm like yeah i got this um depends you have a pistol yes oh, well, and is it halo one is it halo one and do you have a handgun oh no and or shotgun. And or shotgun, yes, correct. <laughs> the shotgun rifle hybrid God. of Halo 1. Halo 4 fucking hunters were impossible. Uh, anyway. Yes. Um, I remember. Sorry. So, yeah. But yes, so... It was interesting to see, like... The A... The space front of the war. Because you were always on land as Master Chief. You're not doing any, like... You know, dog fights. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that is a theme, too. I mean, it's brought up in the beginning of the book, and it's something I never thought about, was that Spartan's extremely effective in land conflict. On the ground. On the ground, very, very effective. Boarding actions, even. Yes. However, in space, pretty useless. Like, you can make tactical recommendations, you can potentially board another ship, but that never... Like, anytime they do a boarding, it's always because some shit's gone wrong. <laughs> it's, never, like, it's never their first It's never choice. plan A. It's never part of plan A. Um, and, like, so that great tool of humanity isn't that helpful in this war, except for in landed conflicts. So it was interesting in the beginning when they were talking about how, like, no matter how many battles the Master Chief won on land with his, you know, with Blue Team he still wasn't like making that big of an impact to the war because the war was really being fought in space and in space the covenant outclassed us like five to one uh three to one well i don't mean outnumbered no 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 i i i mean outclassed (laughs) why because it takes three times as many human ships to kill a covenant ship that's literally a ratio they talk about (laughs) that's true fine three to one you're right (laughs) I'll give you this one. Yes. P.S. the day and the hour. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really interesting. Also, the fact that most of the book, pretty much all of the book, we just see grunts and jackals, like a lot of jackals. And yeah. that was an interesting choice on the part of the author. 
that the elites were just like something that was whispered about until like the last conflict. Um, yeah, weren't also kind of hunters in there very briefly? There were hunters very briefly. It was actually kind of a fun game figuring out from descriptions what covenant yeah. they were talking about. It was like, oh, a big scary boot, and it has a cannon on it. So I was like, that's oh, a fucking hunter. Wait, listen, don't judge me. What was the tentacled scientist guy? Do we ever see that in the games? A Haragok? Oh, all right. <laughs> it's got a name for it and everything. <laughs> yeah, no, they're called in, they're they're Haragoks. Like that's the species name, but the humans call them engineers. Okay, but we don't see them in the games, really. Yes, we do. Right? Which games? Halo, Fall of Reach. Um, both of the... I played uh, Halo Reach. Halo Fall of Reach. Uh, like, a Hergox is like a Halo major... Reach. Uh, Halo Reach is like a... A a major part of that. Wow. I oh, just wait. don't remember, huh? No, fuck! Sorry, I'm I wrong. I in college. Oh, you're wrong. That makes it's not, sense. ODST? It's not Reach. Um, it's ODST. Okay, okay. Yes, but, I never uh, played ODST. That's they are a slave race. Oh, really? Of bio-machines. Uh, I think they were... I believe they were Homie, you're the scientist. You don't have to be enslaved. Oh, no. Here's the shit, Cece. They're, like, enslaved, and I think they were low-key, like, sort of a little bit created by the Forerunners. Oh, Which is another one of those things where I'm like, this is the same fucking history as Mass Effect. (laughs) Oh, because they're the Keepers. Uh, they're the Keepers and the, um... Hanar. The Hanar. Oh, wait. Hanar? Which ones are the Hanar? The, the elephants? The literally squid ones. They're the squids oh, yeah. that are like, like the foreign... Or Je- the uh, jellyfish. Ones. Jellyfish, please. Yeah, but the Hanar. Um, but they, okay. uh... The, the... Oh, what the fuck are they called? Prometheans? Are they actually called Prometheans? No. Protheans. That can't be right. Protheans. Prometheans <laughs> are the enemies in Halo 4. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that all gets very confusing. You fucking um, use the me, same names. But what Barry. you're saying is that Mass Effect is the same story as Halo because Halo yes. came first. Uh, it's true. Yeah, I've always been an advocate of that. Yes. Team uh, Halo. I mean, team, team both, but Team Halo. If team I both, but Team Halo first. <laughs> I think I'm literally going to play Mass Effect tonight, by the way. <laughs> Good. Excellent. <laughs> um, anyway, moving on. But yeah, no, they are the Huragok, the they're enslaved, and they speak through sign language. Perfect. Um, they have names, like, slightly too heavy or too buoyant uh, because they're named based on... Well, they float through using gases in their sacks, and and they're named because when their parents make them out of, like, literal spare parts, they, um... Weird. Because they're, like, a bio-machine. Okay. Uh, they, like, either they're too heavy, too light, or, like, floats like rocks. They have funny names. Um... (laughs) But they're named based on how they float at first before they're they're equal like before their sacks are fixed and equalized. <laughs> that seems mean. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's this there's this species in one of the game the books it's like I love. Calling a toddler waddles and then calling them forever. <laughs> no, it's not like calling them waddles, it's like calling them falls a lot. Because <laughs> all toddlers waddle. It's like a shitty thing about them. <laughs> It's part of their bad design. Fuck toddlers, though. <laughs> baby Widow Peak. Can't All right, Baby walk. Widow Peak, come here. <laughs> There's a species in one of the ga- one of the books I've recently read, the Silver Ship series, called the Sweetsway, and um, they're like they're like basically crabs, and they speak through what? whistling. Anyway, what are they when, like Sweetsway. <laughs> it's S W E I space S W E E. 
Well, think about it. They speak through whistles. Um, <laughs> but oh, anyway, uh, though they're delightful, and one of there's a character that's one of them because uh, when they get happy, they bob. Oh. <clears throat> six legs. <laughs> they're adorable. And he's so, his, so cute. His, his name is Bob's a lot. So, oh my God. this is a common trope. <laughs> let's let's move along, Peter. What else did you want to talk about? <laughs> um, I love that Franklin... All right, I want to talk about Mendez. Oh, yeah, sure. Let's talk about Mendez. I love Mendez because he's, like, a very human... Like, like the most human in this book. Because <laughs> he's just, like... He's grizzled... He's just like, to, you know, can't be bothered with a lot of the higher up stuff. He's just like, is gonna work out these fucking kids to death. If there's one thing I can do, it's get six year olds in shape. <laughs> I have a really specific set of skills I never thought that I've you would see with me. Waiting need. for this opportunity. <laughs> 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 Writing it in my dream journal. Six <laughs> abs. Six packs for six year olds. My my his, my best selling book. Oh man! Um, six years, six apps. <laughs> so stupid. Then the subtitle is no. I don't mean it takes six years. I mean it's specifically for six-year-olds. For <laughs> six-year-olds only. Get your hands off this adult, unless you have a six-year-old who wants which to work case, out. <laughs> God, I throw up a little bit. Oh God! I always like to start my workout workouts with a mipigak. <laughs> Anyway, Mendez. I like Mendez because, like, he obviously cares about these kids a lot. Yes, he does. And, like, he can... I think he kind of takes it upon his duty to, like, turn them into the most badass soldiers he can. That's that's explicitly his duty. But, like... I know, I think, like, he... But I think he takes, like, his personal challenge. It's not his orders. It's his personal challenge. It's both. It's how I kind of... Well, I mean, yeah, it's obviously his orders. But, like, that's how I see it for them. But I think it's interesting that, like, throughout his life... John has oh let's just call him John instead of Master Chief that's more personal and we avoid that whole thing and we call him one (laughs) syllable so John is like always for the rest of his life respects Mendez immensely for being like the hard ass who formed the Spartans I mean he's also kind of their their father figure yeah in a lot of ways which is kind of fucked up I wouldn't like my father if my father made me do that many flutter kicks (laughs) but you didn't have a real dad so this is all you get yeah this is a shitty dad Enjoy. Shitty dad who loves flutter kicks. <laughs> who just fucking loves flutter kicks and running. <laughs> and making Obstacle some kids horses. not eat That's dinner. It. And starving you. And starving you as punishment. For punishment. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's call this what it is. It is abuse, literally. Oh, it is absolutely, like, child abuse and, like, low-key torture. Yes. Um, yes, it is all of those. Like, here's the thing. But they pick kids who are like, I love this shit. <laughs> Adult soldiers wouldn't be treated like this. <laughs> <laughs> like, at boot camp, you're like, you, yeah, sure, like, you get a lot of shit, and yeah, you work out a ton, but you get three square meals. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, would you ever deprive somebody who is working that hard of a meal? That's apparently if they're say. sick. Only if they're sick. Only. <laughs> <laughs> and they just refuse to learn about teamwork on their first day. <laughs> And they just won't take the lesson that I'm not teaching them. <laughs> this is how you learn, you stupid six-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a second. Why do they all speak the same language? 
You know, that's a fantastic question, Peter, and I think it's because the creators of the Halo universe just didn't think about it or care. <laughs> I think care. But also, it's only been a couple hundred years that humanity's been exploring the stars. Like, we've made fast progress, but it seems like... Cece, we have more than one language on Earth. No, I know, but they developed <laughs> over thousands of years. Hundreds. I'm aware, but, like, we have more than there one were... language on Earth. So my oh. point is... Yes. we will continue okay, to have several languages. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid person. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had something and I didn't. I, have <laughs> I would like to return this. This thought I had. My apologies to everyone who's exposed to my flawed logic. <laughs> you idiot. Oh. <laughs> they're all speaking Esperanto. That's my dream. Uh, they're all speaking um, Stark. What is Stark from again? Ender's Game. Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's from the later books. They don't talk about it in Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. Oh, so that means our, our, our audience hasn't heard about that yet. Yeah. Shh. Spoilers. Stark. Sp- spoilers. It's Stark a language. is the common language of the, of the Enderverse, eventually. Gasp. Um, Sorry, guys, yeah. for that big reveal. Anyway, uh... Alright, is there anything... Oh, wait. How about the coal protocol? Very good. I liked that. That is something that the authors thought about. That's well thought out and clever. Yes. The fact that you generate a randomized vector. Like, you don't randomize the vector. You generate a randomized vector. I like that. I like that you, you know, initiate self-destruct and all that. Like, yeah, you're right. That you cannot risk that shit falling into their hands. Because the literal only advantage humanity has is they don't know where Earth is. Yeah, basically. <clears throat> you saw what happened to Reach. Like, fuck. Yeah, that that could be Earth. It would be Earth. Although I don't really understand... Okay, in the case of Reach, it made sense that they did a land invasion because they had to take out the Mac guns. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, I don't really understand why the Covenant needs to land. Well, I guess the only other time was at Sigma Octanus. Is that what it was? Where they well, needed to they- get that... Forerunner artifact. They do land pretty. Okay, <clears throat> couple things. They do land uh, pretty frequently, and here's my thought on that. It's because they like you know if you, if you can win an easy battle, like why not just take it? But I'm saying the easy battle will be glassing them from space, which they apparently are perfectly able to do. Unless there's not a lot of, like, if there's not a lot of people on the planet, like, why not just get this pretty sweet colonized-ready planet and just kill everyone? That's not part of their imperative, you know? Their imperative is just to follow the path of the Forerunners and destroy the universe. Right, but, I mean, there's... That's the long-term goal. There's some short-term goals, like, have enough places for all your people to live. Have a nice forward base. Yeah, have a cool Maybe this is base. what happens when you have a force that's made up of multiple species where, like, you know, did I, like, is this thing ever explored with the Covenant? Like, do they coexist peacefully or is it just that they, like, ally up for wartime? They coexist peacefully. So what happened was the Covenant was formed because um, the Sanchium would, who are the, the species that the, the prophets are from. Okay. Uh, fought a war with the elites. I'm, I'm just, there's no... I'm, when, when possible, I'm going to use the common name, but there isn't a common name for the species of the prophets. Um, okay. The human name, because it's less shitty than me going the St. Healy. Um, 
Which I, I, I'm so, like, I'm ashamed of how much many of these species I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Anyway, so, um, the Sentium fought a war with the Elites, uh, mm-hmm. because the Elites were, like, a warrior race, but they would, they considered the, the artifacts left over completely sacred, and they would, uh, wait, what did they tinker? One of them tinkered with artifacts, and the other one didn't, but they both worshipped them, of the okay. foreigners. Uh, and then the Sanshiam had a foreigner, like, a, a very, very weak foreigner ship that they would just do hit-and-run tactics with that they found nice. that was operating. Um, but, like, obviously a weak foreigner ship was kicking all the Elite's asses. Right. And so uh, they ended up finding a truce because the Elite's were, like, one on the ground because the Sanshiam were shitty ground fighters because they're, like, weak and frail and look like old men. Right. So that's what happened there. And then basically as they came across the species, they would conquer them and add them to the the covenant. Okay. Um, So interesting. It's like membership by subjugation. Yeah, exactly. They come across, they conquer them. They're like, hey, this is your new religion now. And that's it. Um, Then like their whole purpose is It's very Roman of them. It is very Roman of them. Uh, Then the whole purpose is is, is expansionism and kind of like trying to find more foreigner artifacts to study, learn from, and then eventually walk the path. Right. So that's that's the whole point of the covenant. They don't just come to every one more times. The covenant is a religious organization that happens all the time, and they're ruled by the Sanchium and the elites. Okay. Cool. Well, I have one final point, which is that there is now canon proof that the Master Chief hates escort missions as much as all video game players hate escort missions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what part I'm talking about? <laughs> um, maybe? You, you when, when Halsey's briefing them on the mission that they never get to do, um, and he's like, uh, do we have to, like, bring a computer expert on, expert on board? Oh, because yeah. we got to, like, protect them, and, like, maybe they can fight, but they're probably not going to be very good. And I was just like, Master Chief also hates ex- escort missions, and that's why they're not in Halo. I love you, Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's delightful. Um, yeah, no, I love that. I love everything about that. Um, I also love the fact that that entire idea is, like, predicated on the idea of let's get, like, Spartans on the ground, so to speak, in a place that's very important to the Covenant. Like, yeah, truth. So the whole strategy at this point is get Spartans with their boots somewhere helpful. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I was saying earlier, they are humanity's best weapon, and they haven't really been able to be utilized. So if you can get them on Covenant turf, that's, like, the best way to utilize them. Exactly, And they're such a precision tool once they get to do what they do. Yep. Here's the other thing. It's commonly referenced that even, like, Marines, but, like, humanity as a whole can fight the Covenant on the ground, and, like, it's an even match or even win. Like, that's... Like, they're good there, because there's not enough elites to really to like the elites matter but that's true not you're mostly to, fighting grunts and jackals yeah you're mostly fighting <laughs> grunts and jackals as evidenced by this book in case they come across something worse right so like humans regular humans can fight the covenant and win on the ground but right. as soon as you go in space it's bad so like not even just the, the the spartans that are more effective on the ground like humanity as a whole can fight a better war on the ground right so we gotta put it on the ground exactly cool well, All right. shall we wrap up? Uh, yeah, let's wrap it up. This episode ended up being way longer than I anticipated. <laughs> yeah, well, we had some good conversation. or shitty conversation? I well, I liked it. I haven't listened to it too. yet. 
when you, you get through that moment every week and you're editing, you're just like, ugh. Well, this is garbage. <laughs> God. Okay, Peter, why don't you tell our listeners what we're doing next? Okay, so our next book is, um, it's a good one. It's very short. That's the good news. Um, it, <laughs> so that's, 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 that's what I got. Okay, it is uh, Pilot X by Tom Merritt. That is Merritt with two R's and two T's. There you go. So it's it's a good book. It's a it's kind of. It's a little bit more, lighter. It's it's a it's lighter fare. It's more entertaining. I think of it as something akin to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and one other sci-fi area that we're not going to mention until next week or two weeks from now. We so, don't want to uh, color your perception. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That episode will be coming out on October twenty-second. Yes. So enjoy that delicious popcorn sci-fi in this season that everyone's super busy during or at least we are <laughs> we're very busy <laughs> yes so um, uh, if you guys want to get in touch with us we would love it if you would visit our facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar or our website signifying nothing network.com slash sci-fi sidebar all right uh or email us oh email us sci-fi sidebar at ssn wait no sci-fi sidebar at signifying nothing network.com there you go Every time. And most importantly of all, if you could rate and review us on iTunes or share us with your friends or both, we would be eternally both. grateful. Definitely both. Both for sure. <laughs> Alright. Uh, this has been Sci-Fi Cyber by the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots. <laughs> <laughs>